0: Natashi Station Book Club, the bright center in the universe for science fiction and fantasy literature discussion. I'm your host Nancy, and joining me this month is Diana to discuss Binti Home by Nnedi Okorafor. Welcome back to the show, Diana. Thanks, Nancy. I'm glad to be back for <laughs> the third time. Is that true? Yeah. I um. Yeah. I think I might have misspoke last month when I said I think I, I I might have said Megan was our first repeat guest. I can't remember if I said that. But she was our first first guest. But then I remembered that you were actually on two other shows beforehand. So you are officially the most uh, frequent guest for the book club. <laughs> yeah. Hey. And uh, ironically, the last book you were on for was by the same author.
1: Yeah, I was go. I was rereading this today. I was like, wait a minute. I think the last time I was on was with Lagoon, and you and I get like had different opinions about that
0: as well well i liked this one more than lagoon um i think my you know we'll get into this more but i think my main issues with this with are more stylistic than the actual like plot and stuff but um like i said we are discussing uh home uh, which is a novella and a sequel to uh, last year's Binti. Um, it won the Hugo Award for best novella, um, I believe. And I think it won some other awards, but I... I I think it did to who? I'm looking it up right now. Okay. <laughs> but yes, I remember it definitely won the Hugo. So um, I read it last year. And usually I don't like to do uh books that are later in a series for the book club. Um you know, I'll pick the first book in a series or n- most preferably not a series at all. <laughs> but uh for this one I figured since it was a novella and a lot shorter um, you know, reading the first one, if you hadn't, and then reading this one would be about the same as a regular novel anyway, so. Okay, so yeah, I figured that uh, reading two novellas was about the same as reading a full novel, so. And it's my prerogative to pick the book, so. <laughs> so, as we always do, um, we will start with the plot description, It has been a year since Binchi and Ukwu enrolled at Umza University, and I will pause to say to ask how you pronounce that. Uh, I, I think I pronounce it Umza. Okay, that's what I said too. I'm always terrible at pronunciation, so. So yeah, it's been a year since Binti and Okwu enrolled at Umza University, a year since Binti was declared a hero for uniting two warring planets, a year since she found friendship in the unlikeliest of places, and now she must return home to her people with her friend Okwu by her side to face her family and face her elders. But Okwu will be the first of his race to set foot on Earth in over a hundred years and the first ever to come in peace. After generations of conflict, can human and Meduse ever ever learn to truly live in harmony? So since this is the second book, I figured we would also kind of give our thoughts on the first one. Um, In the first book, um, Binti left Earth to... Go to Umza University. She was the first of her people to be admitted and left uh, against her family's wishes. Um, and while she was on route, uh, her ship was attacked by the Medus, and she was the only survivor. And she ended up um basically thwarting a war um because the um the humans had stolen the Medusa's chief stinger. Uh, and it was like a sacred artifact, so um, you know she was able to uh, unite the two groups. She's she's known as a harmonizer, so um, you know she kind of brought the groups together. So now she's uh, studying at Umza University. Uh, Okwu, who was one of the Medus, um, is now her friend, um, and um, it starts. Um, Well, so, first of all, let's just say what, like, initially your thoughts on the Binti and then the sequel. I I really liked Binti. Um, I liked the world a lot. It was very different. And I liked that she let you figure things out. Um, I did want a lot more of it, though. Um, I like novellas, but I also... um, in this case, I wish it had been longer just to get more of the backstory of all of the um, the Medus and the, and the Kush and the Himba and all of those um, different peoples. Um, so I was really looking forward to this book to get more of that. Um, so what were your initial thoughts when you read uh, Binti for the first time?
1: Um, about the same. I like like you, I really enjoyed the world building. I thought that was really interesting. And I thought um, some of the things that the author put in place, like the living spaceships, um, this already established society f- with humans and aliens, um, and not just c- having hum- humanity be this monolith, but having there be different factions and different tribes within it, or still within it, really interesting. But I also wanted more. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, funny that this is the second uh book in a row or second month in a row we've had a book with living spaceships (laughs) and i'm like ah it's too bad the next book didn't continue that trend
1: (laughs) but the next one is a murder mystery in space yes
0: that would have been very interesting with a living spaceship (laughs) that would um so for binti home, uh I know you had read it a while ago, and um, we'd been discussing it in the Slack channel. And you had said you were you were really curious to hear um, others' thoughts because I, I think you said it wasn't what you initially expected.
1: Yeah, and I'm not quite sure what I had expected because I initially read it back late April, early May,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I. Th- I think I expected less about Binti going into the desert. um, And Binti, like the familial revelations with Binti and more of Binti negotiating, you know, she's been away at university, she's no longer the same person that she was. And how does someone who's gone away come back and negotiate the changes both within themselves and with their home and just that expectation of, when you go to college, sometimes you feel that your home is not going to change, it's going to remain static. And so when you come back, it's like this shock Mm -hmm. of people, like, people have changed, like, your parents might have repurposed your room, or your siblings might be up to something completely different than they were when you left. And so I was, I I think I was expecting more of that instead of what we got.
0: Right, this was a lot less sci fi, I felt like in um I don't know if I would even call it more fantasy um because it was very much about like her relationships with her family and her people and the other people around her village um and there's there's nothing wrong with that I mean it it makes for a good story especially considering what um she'd been through in the first book but um like you it was um it was, it was definitely not what I was expecting, especially since, um, you know, the, the blurb emphasized that um, Okru, you know, was, was coming to Earth and it was such a big deal. And then he kind of ended up not really playing a big part in the story um, other than, you know, just kind of arriving and it, there being conflict and then she's gone. Um, so you don't really know what's going on with Okwu until mm-hmm. later on yeah um so um i mean i i liked this book um i i didn't like it as much as the first um i i said i think i i have i think my issues are with the the writing style um mainly because while i like binti as a character i don't know if i like the voice um because she reads a lot older to me than 17 and i don't know if it's just the word choices or the way the sentences are structured it's it's really hard for me to pick out um but um i had to keep reminding myself she's only 17 in here like she reads a lot older and you know maybe that's purposeful because she is more mature um but there were some i i noted down some of the of the parts of the book where the, the prose just kind of made me go, eh? Uh, oh yeah. So like something like saying, I couldn't control myself. What? I shrieked. And it, I'm just like, it, it, it kind of, it re it. It's hard for me to explain. I always feel like such a butt when I like pick apart stylistic (laughs) things, (laughs) but that's what I noticed. Um, Oh, here's another one. She says, "Ugh, I blurted slumping. Um, and I guess like it just kind of. Like stuck out of me. So anyway, those are my nitpicky thoughts. <laughs> and I will move on to more important things. Um, but so what were your thoughts of of of. The book or the sequel.
1: So um, I think think when I first read it a few months ago I was like I enjoyed it but it again because it wasn't I was expect wasn't what I was expecting out of it it just was kind of oh okay um and I had I liked the first one more um but I reread it today and I think it it's one of those books at least for me that works better on the reread because you have that familiarity with the with what's going on and the characters. And so you're able to really look at more of the setup. And so like, Oh, sorry. My cat. (laughs) That's okay.
0: We at Tashi station are a pet friendly podcast network. (laughs)
1: Yeah. She's also very loud. (laughs) All right. Um, But anyway, so I, I enjoyed it more on the reread. Like I, I thought that some of the things that were in there worked a little bit better for me. So in terms of the characters, some of the revelations that happened, um, once I'm sorry, I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how to best explain it, but stylistically, I think it worked better for me once I was already familiar with it.
0: Right. Yeah, I I can see that. I know a lot of times when a book is not what you expect it to be, it can kind of be jarring and affect your initial impressions. But going back on a on a reread, you know what to expect, and um, you know, so you're you sort of know what to look for, but then you also get to pick up other things that you might have missed the first time around. So, um, I I do want to read the third novella, um. The good thing about novellas is, even if you don't necessarily end up liking them, it doesn't take long to read, <laughs> so you don't feel like you've wasted so much of your time. Uh, so I definitely will read the third one, and probably I would have enjoyed it if I had read the first novella again right before reading this. So I think for the third one, I'll read, I'll, I'll do a, I'll, I'll read the the first one and this one again, and see if that see if i like it better that time around Um,
1: yeah i i think that also might have been helpful when i um read it for the read binti home for the first time around just because some of the things like training and harmonizing it took me a while to remember what the context was and what was meant by it
0: yeah i had to go back into the book and to, to binti and like pick for a few of the things um and I'm like, yeah, I probably should have reread this, but <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> um, and I think another thing i I had a not an issue with, but it's always um, the 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 math parts and all of that is very um, like gen- it's described in very generic terms, like. So it's really hard to visualize like what they what it means when they say like treeing and what exactly harmonizing is and all of that stuff. Um, I think that's more <laughs> that's my predispositions for like sci-fi and and you know more not hard sci-fi because I don't really read hard sci-fi but more like um, you know. S- stories where they explain like the tech and stuff you know um i think that's just my those uh biases coming out there but um i do like the whole that it's like all based on mathematics and that like her their ability for to like see equations can like help them change the world and like i wish that
1: was real life you know (laughs) Yeah, that component of the world building, like, it's just really fascinating for me. And I really wish we got more about like how treeing functions, because yeah. I think it's just it's such an interesting concept. And the bits that we do see are really fascinating. And hold on, I need to kick the cat out again. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm He's okay. being more of a weirdo than usual. Okay, we're good. Sorry. <laughs> But yeah, like
0: the whole, like the whole mathematics parts and like the astrolabes, like I wanted to know how they worked, Um, but the, the, you know, they're just presented as just, this is normal technology. Uh, You know, I guess it works like a phone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I, when I first read Binti, I, you know, looked up that word because I didn't know what it meant. And I'm like, I don't think what it means in the book is what the definition of it is. <laughs> Cuz it's like in it's like a in, like a sailing instrument or something. And I'm like, I think she took that word and made it into something else, which is cool, you know. I approve of that. <laughs> um I also one of the things I really liked about these books and why I want to continue on with the series is that it's not the typical western-based science fiction um i i don't read enough that's not western based and um you know the fact that it's you know it's based on african peoples and that bindi's culture is based on you know a, a real culture a-, a real tribe and um that the other groups that they they mentioned the kush um that's a you know another tribe but they don't really mention anyone else on earth mm-hmm. um it bo- that both frustrates me and i like it because i want to know what else is happening on the planet like are are are, th- are there you know other <laughs> people on the planet or is it just like these groups that are spacefaring um but I like that it's it's not like this is this is the main focus because you don't usually get that.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of an inversion with what you see with um like the sci fi dy- dystopia is sometimes like Hunger Games, for example, is pretty infamous for this where Pan Am is only North American. You're like, well, yes, other continents and countries survive. Or are they just looking at what's going on? And north america and being like what are they doing and so i i like that inversion
0: yes um side note i really want i really wish like suzanne collins would do what (laughs) jk rowling has done with harry potter and write like hunger games in other countries because i want to know what the hell happened to the rest of the world (laughs) um and i like have this really awesome idea that i might turn into in my own book where the other countries are like dude what the hell is up with pan am they're crazy and then they end up like taking over the country or whatever and fixing everything <laughs> i don't know but yeah i agree with you that it's it's nice to see um for me like i i'm glad to see a perspective i don't usually read about so um So there are a lot of characters in this book, but, um, the main ones we focus on are Binti, obviously. (laughs) Um, and the whole story is told from her point of view. Um, I, I, I like her. I think I liked her more in the first book. I think I found it easier to relate to her. Um, you know, as someone going off for the first time and getting thrust into this conflict. Um, I still liked her in this book, and um, there were parts when I felt really, really bad for her. <laughs> um, so, what is you? What do you think about
1: her? It's hard. Um, I think it's easier to understand where she was coming from in the first novella, just because it, like that whole you're going off to university, and I mean, that that feeling when you're leaving right. your family for the first time. But I think with this one, like you can definitely tell that she's changed and that she hasn't remained static. So she's trying to come to terms with not only what, like, what happened to her classmates, but also what happened to her and what that means um, for her as this person. And then she has all these other changes and revelations dropped on her, which probably, which isn't easy for anyone right
0: um the uh, the um the character that um well yeah sorry the character that goes with her is oku um and it's very um it threw me off at first because they refer to she refers to oku as it Mm-hmm. And I, I, d- I, didn't remember that from the first book. Again, why it would have been beneficial for me to read the first <laughs> book around, but like she was saying it, and I'm like, oh, like my instinct is like that's a terrible way to refer to someone. <laughs> but then you know I realize, well, it's it's an alien culture, and if that's what they are called, then that's what they're called. <laughs> um, but it's the, the rela- their relationship is f- so fascinating. Um, because of what binchy went through in the first book and especially now that she is you know basically having uh, ptsd about it um and you know it says her, her astrolabe will point out when she's having a panic attack um so the fact that she is so traumatized by the experience but then also is friends with this alien um going so far as to like fly hundreds of miles to stop him from doing something awful at the beginning of the book um it's it's very it, it's just very interesting and i wish i wish we'd gotten more of that um
1: yeah i feel like there's an entire like there's a series of stories of binti and Okwu at the university and just what they dealt with and just their experiences there
0: Yeah, it would have been nice to see to see more of that um, before they kind of go their separate ways. Um, Her. So we meet her family and she's got a very large family. um, And I thought her family was awful. (laughs) Uh, But, um, you know, it's it's just and that's when I was like really feeling bad for her. Because I'm like, man, this girl is like the first one to get into this university, and like, her sister especially was so terrible to her. I just wanted to give Binti a hug and be like, go back to school!
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was... That section was really rough to read, just... Because, like, you got the sense like, her parents are proud of her, but they also want her home, and then with her family, it's, like, the combination... It's... It read, like, jealousy and also anger that her actions affected them in what sounded like a fairly monumental way.
0: Right.
1: um, Within... Because their village sounds very close-knit, and, like, everyone knows everyone, and, like, that just... It seemed like a really... Like, the village judging the family by Binti's actions would have been rough for them, but also... At least for the sister, like, I definitely read it, like, as jealousy that she got to do something. Yeah. That others in the family didn't.
0: Yeah. And it's, since it's so, so traditional, like, you, such a traditional culture, you can't really break free of any of the expectations. And when you do, you know, you're seen as an outsider, even when, at the same time, they're praising her for what she did. Um it's a, it's an interesting dichotomy, and it was very um, you know, it was very relatable, um, even if you know you haven't been in that extreme of a situation. But like when you don't do what your family wants you to do, um, I'm sure everyone can relate to that at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we also meet uh, what Binti first calls the desert people. Um, and we learn are named the Enyi Zinaria. I probably said that awfully wrong. But um, they are another tribe and they're, you know, looked down upon as being very primitive. Um, but we find out that they are, you know, actually pretty advanced and that they were um, knew of alien life like hundreds of years before um, mm-hmm. this alien group came to Earth. And... Like basically, you know, gave them their secrets and stuff, um, which is a very sci-fi tropey thing. And I want to read that story. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, so she goes off with them um, and then you find out that her father is actually from this group mm-hmm. um, and that the person she's with is her grandmother. Um so her that that was very interesting to me and um at some point binti wonders like why her father left them um and like the whole the whole story behind that and i was like yes i would like to know that as well
1: there's just there's so many potential stories in this world and i hope that even after the last binti novella we get like more in this world just because there's so many different stories I want to know about.
0: Yeah, it's a very um it's a very rich world and if you know, if she's not just dropping hints for other stories, then you know, she's very naturally good at doing that if she's not intentionally doing it. Um so the book starts with Binti at at university. Um The first part of the book I felt was kind of slow. Um, I had read some reviews where they said, like, it was, it felt sort of unnecessary. And I can kind of see where they're coming from, that it seemed like the real start of it was her, you know, wanting to go home and going home. Um, I never really felt why she actually felt such a strong urge to go home um you know i was expecting there to be some sort of like external catalyst for her to go home um but as as it was you know she it was just kind of like her needing to deal with what had happened and you know see her family again so she goes home um and it's during the uh, a quarter break, I guess. Um, and um, Oku goes with her and he Oku is the first Meduse to go to Earth in peace. Um, and the Kush and the Meduse do not get along. so that is you know when they arrive, they kind of, you know draw their weapons and there's almost a, another fight and binti you know stops that from happening. Um, and then we move to her family and we, you know, uh, get introduced to her house and her family. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I think I thought, I f- thought this section was going to be a lot longer. Um, mm-hmm. but then it kind of like takes a 180, um, cause she sees the, uh, the night masquerade which uh, is like i'm assuming it's some sort of spirit um that usually only the men see uh so um and then also i was like wait i want to know more about that <laughs> <laughs> um and i thought like that was going to be like a the like she was going to have to do something about that specifically um and Spoilers, the, the third book is called The Night Masquerade, so I'm assuming we'll get back to that part. But um, instead, the, uh, the, the Eni Zinaria come and basically tell her that Binti needs to go with them. So she'd originally go, gone home for her pilgrimage, um, but she ends up going off with the e. Eni Zinaria instead. Uh, and then we get to the end and it gets really crazy uh because you learn about that the um the 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 people have this alien technology inside of them uh and they all do even if you know fr- from their dna so binti has this and it just needs to get activated um and that that part was, that was when I really started to get into the book at, at this, at that part.
1: Um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, my, I'm going to, this is the podcast where I'm just going to be blaming everything on the cats. But <laughs> 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 That's they're funny. very needy right now. <laughs> you can
0: blame it on the Medus. <laughs>
1: Uh, probably
0: (laughs) but yeah that whole part like i i thought was so the so fascinating and um like i wanted to know more about that group and um like i did find it kind of like like i don't know if i find it unbelievable or if it's just adds more to who Binti is, but like so she's um you know she's human, but during the first novella, she actually like becomes kind of part Meduse. Mm -hmm. Um her hair is now the Okuoku, um the like the tentacles that the Medus have. Um so she's already like got alien dna inside of her and now she she learns that she has other alien dna inside her so she's got three different groups that are kind of like she's straddling between um so what were your thoughts like as far as like how the plot goes and what were your favorite parts of the book
1: um I, I was not expecting the revelation about the aliens right? uh, visiting <laughs> like that that took me completely by surprise and like now like looking back on it it kind of explains like maybe that's what enabled binti to handle the change when she was stung mm, and right and her hair became the tentacles like maybe even though it was dormant and wasn't active like that presence of those nanites those biotic nanites inside her are what helped her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, I hadn't thought of that, but that's a good point. Um, I, I, I liked, um, there's a line when she talks about, um, you know, being in going on a, whether or not she's going to go with the desert people or not. And she says, because um, they, they first tell her, like, it'll only be a day, and then they end up saying, oh, no, it's going to be a lot longer. Sorry. Um, and she says, why don't I ever do, or pl- oh, sorry, plus I didn't want to turn back. Why don't I ever want to do what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, oh, that's a good line. And I'm sure a lot of people relate to that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's also just, like, it hammers, home, like, she's 17, like, what 17-year-old yeah. really wants to do, what they're told to do. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, I I had said before that a lot of the the book in, it, it got very, it was less sci-fi than the first book, but the end part was very much like, oh, yep, it's still sci-fi. <laughs> um, so the the book ends on a huge cliffhanger um the first book was very much a standalone and this one ends with you know it's very much uh read the next book guys <laughs> pretty much but um so it ends with there like the kush having attacked and um killing okwu i'm assuming he okwu was killed um
1: yeah it Hold on. I have the book pulled up. Let me go back. Um, Mm, There um, was a fight. um, They say that may have killed it. Okay. So it's ambiguous about what happened to Okwu. Yeah. So. um, So,
0: yeah, like, so she's basically goes and, um. Uh, Sorry, I'm looking for it now. The last part of the chapter. I went to the wrong chapter. Um, She said, There was no fight to fight, Arya had said. We'll see, I thought, grasping the huge camel's thick coarse fur. We will see. So she's basically going back to... She's going back home to... fix things the way she did with uh, with the Medus and the humans. Um... So I, I liked I, I I liked the ending a lot, even though it was, you know, frustrating cliffhanger. <laughs> because um like I felt a lot of the book was her kind of getting pushed around and things happening to her. Um and sort of the end was finally where she like got her agency back and was gonna do what, what she wanted to do. Um definitely. Um and I think that's, that's pretty like standard of a, of teenagerdom anyway. <laughs> you know, you kind of like go through the motions and do what you're supposed to do and things happen. And then every once in a while, you're just like, no, I'm
1: doing this. <laughs> um, and normally it's on the small, uh, the smaller scale. Yes. Instead of dealing with a possible intergalactic war.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's always fun. <laughs> um. So I think one of the things I liked most about this book um, was the themes. Um, like, I think I liked the plot more of the first book, but the themes of this book are really kind of like what it's about. Um, and the first one obviously is about, you know, you can't go home again. Um, you know, she goes home to try to go on this pilgrimage, but what she's been through is so... Changes her so much that it's just not possible for her to ever be what she was or what her family wants her to be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that part I really liked, and then the other one that she mentioned a lot was being belonging to different groups. Um, you know she's she's human, but she's got Medus in her, and now she's also, um, you know part of the the Eny Um, so she's, she's torn and she's also a student at Umza university, you know, where instead of, you know, staying in her village and being a, you know, getting married or, you know, working in her father's shop. So it's all like, she's being torn in all these different directions and, you know, really all she wants to do is study at the university.
1: Yeah, she just she wants to study and learn mathematics and be a student and things just mostly outside of her control are interfering with that. And so she it read the opening, at least read like her hoping that if she goes home, if she figures out that type of inner balance that she feels she's missing, she can go back and rededicate herself.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um- I, I also thought it was an interesting metaphor for, um, like intersectionality, how like people belong to all these different kinds of groups. And sometimes it's hard to sort of, um, you know, match those all in your head, I guess, or like, you know, say, okay, I am, I am this, but I'm also this. And, um, you know, we talk about it a lot on the podcast and like, you know, with, no diversity in general, but like I thought it was interesting that whole, um, you know, you're trying to figure out who you are and where you belong and how all those relate with each other.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then, <laughs> and then the one I really liked was fighting the alien inside yourself <laughs> because who hasn't felt like there's an alien inside yourself at some points in time? Um,
1: so, so, like, not super related but kind of um my moms refer to being a teenager as the alien years <laughs> and their metaphor is like you know you have this perfectly mostly sweet child and then teenagerdom happens and then an alien inhabits them and they just communicate with grumpy or grunting and you know kind of lash out at you for no reason and that's the alien talking that is that is a really good metaphor, especially since Minty's a teenager.
0: Um, yeah, but like I don't, I mean, this is an extreme case, obviously, where there actually is alien inside of her. But and not
1: just one, but no, two. yeah, two.
0: <laughs> Again, with the whole different groups thing. But uh, you know, it, when I. It's always like if you're if there if your body is not doing what you want it to do. <laughs> I would imagine it's kind of like that sort of feeling like you know why you know why why is this happening to me, you know? <laughs> um you know, I would imagine that it kind of if you're pregnant it kind of feels like that like you're being taken over. <laughs> what is wrong? <laughs> um but you know, and and she she's also not just like, you know, it's not just like oh, there's different parts of me I have to come to terms with that. Like she has these moments where she gets super angry and she doesn't know why, um, and she like, and then she realizes that that's the Medus and that, you know, she just has to control that. Um, and I was like, oh okay, that makes sense. Because I wasn't, like, figuring out the whole, like, anger parts and, like, why she was sensing Okwu, but And I was like, okay, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I kind of – I wish we had gotten a little bit more about, like, just the emotions, like, of dealing with being part Medu's. Um, just because, like, sometimes – being able to talk about identifying feeling like really strong feelings that you might not be used to but just keep popping up for me is just really useful in fiction.
0: Yeah. It re- and, you know, going back to the whole being a teenager thing, you know, it's like when you're, you know, going through puberty, you're like what the hell's happening to me? <laughs> Why am I feeling this way? You know, I don't know how many times I as a teenager I was like I hate my life. (laughs) Everything sucks. (laughs) Um, And then like the same when you're, you know, older, you know, every month I hate the world (laughs) at that certain time of the month. And I'm like, hormones are the stupidest thing in the world. (laughs) So it was a, it was kind of like a, I saw a little bit of a metaphor for that. So. I think there's a lot of metaphors you can get from this book. And that was one of the reasons why I liked it. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to mention about the book or, um, you know, what you'd like to see in the sequel or other books in this
1: universe? Um, maybe not for the sequel, but for other books in the universe, I would really love Backstory, not just for Binti's family, but also for um, the aliens arriving um, and move uh, the aliens arriving and meeting with uh, the desert people, and also maybe uh, more on at the university. Just because we get these really tantalizing glimpses and. It's like just enough to make me really interested, but not enough to actually be the full story. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I would like I would like that as well. Um, I would like to know more about the the Koosh and the Medus, um, and also like have the Medus run into any other alien. You know, do they have bad relationships with other aliens, um, or is it just humans? And do they have bad relationships with any other human groups. Um or is it just the kush Um, uh, you know, mostly I'm also like wondering what else is happening in in on Earth. Um, but I also kind of like I said before, I also like that it's focused just on this area. Um but yeah, like I said, I'm I'm looking forward to the next book. Um you know I, I will I will make an effort to read these two beforehand (laughs) Um, and I'm interested to see like what the whole story looks like when, when the trilogy is done Um, and if it will end or if she'll continue with other stories. Yeah. I'm really interested to see what happens with that. Yeah. Um, And also not related to uh, this, but related to star Wars. Uh, Nettie Okorafor is writing one of the stories from the a certain point of view, and anth- a uh, short story anthology that's coming out in October. Um, and there was a blurb that was online a few weeks ago. I don't think it's online anymore, but um, I-, I managed to see it when it was on, and I believe she is writing a story about the
1: Dianoga, <laughs> which I re- Oh that. That's not the story I would have expected, but I'm fascinated by how yeah. she, by how she's going to pull that off.
0: Yeah, like after reading Lagoon and reading these books, I really am curious about that story. It's either going to be something I love or something I'm just like, what? <laughs> I'm hoping it's it's the former, but um, it will definitely be interesting. And I was like. Yeah, I can see why she would she would pick that to write about. <laughs> um so yeah, thanks again Diana for coming on the show. Um, no problem. appreciate for it. having
1: me
0: um and this episode of the tashi station book club one day i'll be able to say that without <laughs> slipping over the words <laughs> has been brought to you by you our patreon subscribers please click the links on the blog to help us support the show and if you contribute five dollars you will get um, access to the tashi station slack channel where we discuss the book club picks as well as other books that we are reading. And uh, we talk a lot about, um, you know, give recommendations and all that sort of thing. So if you are so inclined, please check us out there. Um, You can find us on Twitter with the handles Tashi underscore station, Nancy Pants, it's Nancy with an I, and Diana, where can people find you online?
1: Uh, you can find me mostly on Twitter at Die and I very rarely update uh, my blog, shelf shelfwordpresscom
0: Cool. And Diana, you read a lot, so people should I follow do. you to get book recs. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've been, um, this year I've been posting what I've been reading on Twitter, so uh, if you, if folks end up following me, you will see just, the sheer amount that <laughs> now that I'm not in school for the summer yay <laughs> don't be like me and have multiple library cards kids it doesn't end well <laughs> uh, you can find our columns and news
0: at Tashi-Station.net our book club discussions are over on Goodreads as well um, thanks again for joining us for this episode and we'll be back next month to discuss Six Weeks by Muir Lafferty Bye!